You're listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. Where is James? James? And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh boy, it's happening. It's time. Finally. It's been out for a little while at this point. We know that. True. But uh, it's taken some digestion. You know, everybody's been digesting it. And in all fairness, I finally just saw it last night. So that's where (laughs) we're at right now. But we have so many wonderful guests joining us today that are going to chat with us. And we're going to go around and introduce everybody. But everybody, give a big hand at home to the wonderful Aaron, Josh, and Bing joining us today. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Good. Very well. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. All right, well, now we get to the part of the podcast that I like to call Why the Hell Should We Listen to You? Let's begin with Bing. (laughs) I don't know why you should listen to me. (laughs) Tell us something about yourself, Bing. I've been a longtime comic book reader. Okay. Um, uh, Been reading primarily DC uh, since before Marvel even existed. <laughs> Basically, DC was the only comic book company around. Um, big fan of Superman. I've followed yes. the, that character a long time. And seeing the evolution on film and on TV, seeing the live-action versions has been really interesting. Seeing how that compares to what they do in the comics, what they can do versus what they can't, and, and how far advanced that has come now. Excellent. That's Bing. Well, we have uh, an authority here joining us. The, the Bing authority is here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you? You never. Oh, you've been here before. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> this is Josh. I have definitely been reading comics. I think it started when I was probably around five or six. Um, but for years, I've switched back and forth from Marvel to DC to Marvel, whichever had the more compelling stories at the time. Oh. And. Both of them have failed spectacularly at different points. So uh, these days, I'd have to say, make mine NEC. Hmm. NEC. I don't understand that, but all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> a nerdy ass joke. <laughs> Love it. Well, welcome back, Josh. Good to welcome see back, you, Josh. And you, sir, joined us for our last Marvel extravaganza. Yes, that's where right. Where we marathoned the Iron Man films. The Iron Man trilogy. Chatted about those. Aaron. That was a great time. Uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, Again. Why, why should you care about me? Um, probably shouldn't. I don't really read comic books at all. I yeah. think I saw an episode of the animated Batman series once. Uh, that, was, uh, that was about it. But we, you're a highly respected movie critic. We, we value his opinion. Ooh. As we value Ooh. Josh and Bing's opinions. Hence, they're all here today, Kyle. And my opinions are not valued. Oh, no. You're, you're the host. I'm, I'm just a mascot. No. Right? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, well, it's good to have a lot of perspective, so it's good that we've got uh, some folks near that have read comics. I myself cannot say that I'm a comic book reader. I have read a few in my time, but am by no means an expert on any of that. So Kyle. we going to have some good discussion here. And who are you? What's your Ar- name? Archie comics. Archie <laughs> comics don't count, Kyle. Archie not count. I read some Star Wars comics. I don't Dark even, Horse. Yeah, I don't even Horse. remember uh, what they were really but i know i still have them um and i have actually read the comic that um a lot of this was based off of the frank miller yeah the, we'll, uh, we'll get to that right yeah some point so we'll talk about that later as well so Wait, I, I want to amend what i said earlier i got a big stack of garfield comics <laughs> get okay. out get that? out garfield oh <laughs> i hate mondays <laughs> so i will uh address here the fact that um 
we are five men sitting in a room discussing comic books. However, this has never happened before. Yeah. Females were invited to the podcast <laughs> and they could not make it, but they were invited and we wanted and valued their opinion. So Probably hopefully because they found out who else was going to be. Here. That might be. We'll try and get some cold calls into those folks and get some of their, their views on it. But without further ado, we got a lot to cover yes. in a short period of time to do it. So first of all, Here's all of us. Here's why we have some good opinions about movies um, and comics in general. But we're going to talk about our initial overall views of the film. So, you watched the film. When you walked out of it, from your expectations to how you left, your initial overall thoughts. And we're going to start with Aaron on my left here. So, take it away, Aaron. Your initial thoughts. I feel like what you opened up with is that we all had to digest this movie. Mm. It's really a good setup for what it became. Oh, that's basically just because it took so long to get here. But yes, there was digesting involved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's all right. It's, it's okay, Aaron. I got your joke. I can see <laughs> it was. I, I understood. <laughs> I didn't go there. That was, that was high class humor. Yeah, I, I really no <laughs> idea. I was like, that's a bad opening right there. <laughs> You missed it. You missed it. All right, go, 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 go. All right, so uh, I saw a good movie in there somewhere, Mm. but I felt like that movie tripped over itself and fell into a pit of fire and brimstone. (laughs) And just awful, awful experiences. So there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about at some point that were not good in the movie, and those things I can actually all sort of accept and get past. Mm -hmm. The thing that I couldn't accept and couldn't get past is I realized about 60% of the movie, 60% of the way through the movie, I was really bored. I just realized to myself, I don't care about any of the stuff that's happening. (laughs) None of this really matters. None of the characters have really resonated with me at all, and nothing makes any sense, and I just I want to take a nap. Wow. Get out of here! Not a good sign for <laughs> In the Zack Snyder action spectacle. <clears throat> Interesting. A- any other thoughts on it you'd like to share? Well, I want to hear what these guys okay. say first. We'll get back to them. Josh, take it away. So, Your overall thoughts. I had subjected myself to the gamut of internet outcry Uh-oh. about this before <laughs> I'd ever seen it. Um, yeah, it took you a while to see it. <clears throat> I knew folks were not a fan, but the people at this table who had seen it said that it was a good movie. They liked it. So... I went in conflicted, and I left conflicted. (laughs) There were okay scenes in there. There were some awesome fight scenes. I'd go so far as to say that there were some really cool superhero action scenes. My biggest beef with this, that at no point did the guy in blue, nor the guy in black, nor, heck, the lady in the gold tiara, ever feel (laughs) like the heroes I knew. Mm. Batman was a pretty cool smash-em-up superhero. But Batman doesn't smash stuff up. Superman had this internal struggle of like, oh God, what am I doing? But Superman doesn't really have that. Wonder Woman was also there. (laughs) And all of this stuff felt like someone who didn't know the intellectual property, didn't know the heroes, didn't Mm. know the stories. Cracked made a great analogy, and I'm going to steal it. Somebody took their favorite superhero action figures and just kept smashing them into each other (laughs) without a thought to why they should be smashing into each other. And when they ultimately are face-to-face, these two opposing ideologies, like the internal virtue of mankind or whether or not we all need to be beholden to authority, finally come to a head, they both grunt Martha at each other and then run off to fight the other bad guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> this was super disappointing from a story aspect, but I will say that cinematically and for some of the action scenes, there was really cool stuff. They just didn't know why it was happening. Way to raise the bar above the <laughs> 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 Well, let's keep it going. Bing, your overall thoughts of the film. Overall, I liked the film. I, I can see that it had its problems. Uh, Zack Snyder is a great visual artist. He puts together mm -hmm. spectacular scenes, very iconic-looking scenes, uh, and he did that in spades in this movie. However, he's a sloppy storyteller. In the broader context of the story he's trying to tell, you know, I can see why the characters behaved the way they did. Batman had already been around for 20 years. He was beaten up, he was jaded, and, and he was burned out. Superman's still learning his way. This is just coming off the wake of, of Man of Steel, where he literally got into his first fight. Uh, and so he's trying to repair some of that damage and is just getting used to it and finding his way around and getting used to people liking him. Mm. And is still trying to get people to like him. Uh, as Josh said, Wonder Woman was just kind of there. It was cool <laughs> to have her there. Yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot did a great job, uh, given what she had to do. Um, but yeah, there, there were some sloppy moments in the, in the movie. And I think Zack Snyder was trying to put too much into it. He was trying to tell the Dark Knight, not, not, not adapt the Dark Knight uh, uh, Returns story, but he was inspired greatly by it. He was also sticking in the death of Superman. I mean, Doomsday was there for one reason. Yeah. And as soon as people saw Doomsday appear in the, uh, in the trailers, they knew what was going to happen. Right. So uh, he was trying to do too much in, in too little time. Uh-huh. But I still liked it. You didn't even bring up the entire setup for the Justice League movie. It's, it's <laughs> great that the Justice League was, you know, it was being introduced. It, you know, you, you can argue whether it was done gracefully or not. Cyborg? When all of the... <laughs> <laughs> all right, James, take it away. Okay. Great analysis, Ben. Initial thoughts, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Well... There were three words that I immediately responded with to both Kyle and Bing when they asked me my thoughts on this movie because they were the first two people I talked to outside of the honey baby. <laughs> and those three words were, I loved it. Yeah. I did. I'm it's sorry. True. Look, look. He everybody. said those words. I said, I, I, <laughs> I said those words. Feelings? Yeah. Look, I, I know it's a mess, right? Coney Allen robot. The, the story's a mess. <laughs> Many things in the storyline don't make any sense. Roles are wasted. Roles are there's extraneous characters for no reason. Uh, but I love it. It's it's a beautiful mess to me. It was very personally satisfying. It's a great description. And maybe it's it's the situation I saw it in. So let me let me you know because how can it be so radically different than everybody else with respect to this? Let me set the scene for you, Kyle okay. and friends. Set it. I the day I went to go see it, I had a great morning with the honey baby. Right. <laughs> so we had a great day, uh, date during the day. Then I went and played ball and I hit two home runs that day, Kyle. And you know what that's like. I mean, two home runs. Then I went to the theater and I successfully arranged a triple date. A triple date. <laughs> Three couples all converged on the theater simultaneously. And the honey baby was there with a fully loaded veggie burger and fries that I ate in the theater. Smuggled my food in and had a great time. Well, how could you not like it? It was, it was a... I know, right? I was riding high. Packed movie house. People were clapping. People were like booing Batman, cheering Superman and so on and so forth. And so when I emerged from the theater, I was happy and satisfied, and I was able to turn off that critical part of my brain. I know the story's a mess, um, 
But you know what? I'll take the serious, brooding, sort of mishandled, darker tones of DC over Ant-Man any fucking day. <laughs> I'll take a bad, serious DC movie with its darker tones over the silly bullshit that's being cranked out for a Happy Meal eating 12-year-olds that is Marvel and Ant-Man and all this shit. Well, James, yeah, I don't loved it. mic drop. These are really expensive, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you're up. I'm Kyle, up. I'm dying to hear okay. what you have to say. I'm dying. Here it is. I really enjoyed my experience watching this movie. I did. I really did. But, but, all of it was pretty bad overall. <laughs> <laughs> but, I did really have a good time watching it. So, Here's what I thought. First of all, obviously, it was much better than what I expected going into it. I had heard the reviews, much like you, Josh, and I was like, wow, is it that bad? Can it be that bad? Being executively produced, if that's a thing you can say, by uh, Christopher Nolan having some play over this, the David S. Goyer uh, screenplay contribution, could it be this bad? It was way better than all the reviews are giving it credit for. I suspect that there is some Marvel money moving in oh. on the review scene here. James is the conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm bringing it out today. Um, here's the other thing about the movie, though. It absolutely could not decide what it wanted to be mm. at all. There were moments where it stuck really good to what was happening. There were some really good dramatic moments in it. And then there were some really good comedic elements in it but it was absolutely tonally different in every respect and in some moments back to back on both of those topics and it made no sense but the major problem I had with the whole thing the spectacle like you said Bing was brilliant the visuals on the screen that Zack Snyder puts up there are no doubt gorgeous um, you can see uh, an example of that in Sucker Punch. If you ever look at a still frame from Sucker Punch, you're like, wow, that looks really pretty. Just but watch the worst piece of garbage, misogynistic <laughs> crap thing I've ever seen in my life. But the real main problem for this was that there were good ideas in it, but every scene of character development was so rushed and so out of place a lot of times. It wasn't consistent. And... When Zack Snyder was restrained for most of the film to try and get these character elements out, they then let him loose at the right times for the action scenes, but that completely overshadowed what they were trying to build on with the rest of the movie. <clears throat> so where there could have been slow, good character development on some really interesting topics that Marvel's not really hitting on with these different characters, they were all rushed in an effort to just commercialize and catch up with what Marvel already has going on, which we'll discuss later as well. But that's my overall thought on the film. Wow. So, I enjoyed the experience. It's a pretty bad movie. So it's hard to balance that, kind of like what you said. But let's <laughs> Wait, talk. Kyle, tell, tell, yes. tell everybody the, the setting in which you saw the movie, because I thought it was hysterical. Oh, yes. The text message you yes. sent me. Yes, I went into the theater and I sent James a picture of the theater uh, one minute before curtain, if you will, and it was me and my girlfriend and nobody in the theater. It was completely <laughs> empty. And I had two hot dogs loaded up with all the things I love on my hot dogs. I had a nice old candy bag with oh me. So how God. can I not like it? 
as well. well Nobody was, in the theater. I will say, I saw it at the uh, local Balboa Theater, and there was me and two retirees. <laughs> Completely different parts of the theater. Dark, okay sound Well, that's system. about as many people as can fit in Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a packed house with There you go. <laughs> I'm bringing it down. Okay, but this movie was trying to bring together the DC universe. So let's talk about the portrayal of these characters. They've been portrayed a lot. Batman has been portrayed on film and in media apparently ten times in the visual pictures. This is what I got from internets. And <laughs> Superman, 16 different times. I don't know if we are or not. Well, the point is, many times, many iterations of these well, characters have been uh, shown. So... How do we feel about this portrayal of the characters? Does it leave anything to be desired? Does it do anything the other characters don't do that have been brought to life before? Discuss. We'll start with Josh this time. Okay. Uh, I think Bing made a really good set of points, that we are seeing different versions of some of our character favorites. That Maybe you could take this as the kind of Frank Miller-esque Batman who's really had his lumps. We show him in, uh, certainly with gray hair, uh, He's not got a lot of the creaking bones and like wearing an exoskeleton to keep his organs from falling out and stuff. Like some of those depictions have. Mm -hmm. But he's certainly been around the block a bit. Superman is brand new. And maybe it's hard to hold him against the sort of standard we've seen set for Superman in so many other films and media. But to me, there are certain things about those characters which should always resonate. Batman will try and save a life rather than just take one because he can. Uh -huh. This Batman never even bothered. Oh boy, yeah. uh, he just shot people. Yeah. That's not Batman. That was not Batman. He smashes through a wall as opposed to sneaking around it. He, in my even favorite... Even Superman jacks somebody through a wall right. at one point. That guy's but dead. it looks cool. <laughs> that guy's dead. Let's see. Superman honest. killed a lot of people too. <laughs> um, but the one scene where I saw, oh my god, Batman's finally going to be Batman. He's standing there with the giant sniper rifle, tags the truck with a tracer, mm -hmm. then proceeds to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a plan. Batman always has a plan. Mm -hmm. So this is not Batman. Yeah. When I talk about Superman, like to me, Superman, like the Superman wink is the most Superman thing I can think of. Even in <laughs> Frank Miller's super dark, depressing, where Superman has become enslaved to the authorities. The last thing he does when walking away from Batman's grave is turn... Spoiler, sorry, for a comic book that came out ten years ago. Uh, hey. Is turn and wink to the then Robin. The Superman wink exists in almost every single form of Superman I've ever come across. Interesting. I can't imagine this Superman doing the lighthearted, you and I know, no. wink, without like burning someone's forehead off. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Aquaman fan. I know it was a dumb way to show him, but Aquaman looked Derp. cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he looked cool. <laughs> and while I fully acknowledge that Cyborg has become a much bigger part of the Justice League these days, he still feels like a third stringer to me. There could be other people to introduce. Interesting. He's their so. whole guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I actually, I want to respond. To yeah. That. So we'll go left. I've seen a lot of this idea. Oh yeah, we'll just <laughs> yeah. The the thought, like I like what Bing said about this is a different take on him, and it's clear that Snyder is just all about the super violence and willy nilly destruction of things going on. But I feel like, to its credit, which is very strenuous, but to the movie's credit, 
I felt like I could understand this version of Batman. Yeah, roll your eyes. It's fine. So <laughs> the whole point of him establishing his character is that there is this man, this force that absolutely no one can control. It is the most destructive and pressing thing that has ever appeared on the surface of the Earth. Except for the one guy just like to be killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides <laughs> that guy. So it's the second most, whatever. So he is as desperate as he's ever been. So in that sense that he's not just that he's saving a life, he's now going to whatever lengths he can to try and stop this threat. And he says that, it's, it's in the trailer at some point, he says, like, you know, whatever that stupid line was, if there's a 1% chance that he could be bad, we have to take it as a 100% chance. Yeah, that was That like, didn't uh, make any sense. Batman's but very bad at math now. He's very... <laughs> he's that was like the bad... A lot. The bad president in the film. It's like, if there's a 1% chance, like Darth Sidious would say that. <laughs> if there's a 1% chance, the force... Yeah, so I feel like that's showing his desperation. And it's a different take on him. He's no longer... Being the guy who saves everyone, he's no longer the man who says, you know, I would prefer to die rather than to take a life. He is now the one that is looking for the greater good, and he's taking those steps to try and do that. And he's totally lost any sense of saving the goons because he just runs them over with his car or just launches them into a tree. <laughs> Whatever that scene with yeah, the battle was. <laughs> they all died terrible deaths. Yeah. And the whole part about him having plans like that plan didn't make any sense i'm gonna take my car i'm gonna hit the drug with it i'm gonna do something get the rock get the rock uh and i feel like that's just his desperation like he's been trying to seek this thing out it doesn't make sense i know i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to salvage this don't be a sex snyder apologist the point the point is that i think even though this is a totally different version of the character if you if you wink really hard and kind of strain your eyes, it makes some semblance of sense. Interesting. Well, Aaron hit it being. Aaron gets, uh, I think, what um, uh, Zack Snyder was going for. And and if you pay attention to the dialogue and the scenes in the movie, um, Bruce Wayne at this point is, is beaten up. He's tired of being Batman. He's been fighting what he thinks is a futile effort for 20 years. Robin is dead. Uh, he asks... Uh, Alfred, after 20 years, how many good guys are left? So he suddenly sees these super-powered aliens destroying a major part of Metropolis, and, and he just doesn't know what the hell to do. So yeah, he feels, he feels desperate, he feels lost, he feels totally helpless. And so he's almost given up at this point. And so he figures, finally, it's time just to, to, to just go all out. Finally. Um, and, and so he does. And, and I think that's an explanation for why he behaves the way he does. Um, and what was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> the portrayal of these characters, does it, does it fit in line with the DC universe, and how does it compare to other, other films? Following up on what Aaron No, that's great. Uh, uh, to an extent, it does, but it's a different version. And one thing that DC is, is all about is multiverses and legacies and different versions of characters and, okay. and that's what you get with Earth 1 Earth 2 and, and all this. This is okay as far as I'm concerned as another take on these characters and, and it's a valid one. Um, you know, Not everybody will, will agree with it but you know, Goyer's take on, on Man of Steel and Superman here is that it's a little more realistic. It's how people would really respond to an all-powerful alien suddenly appearing in their midst. Mm -hmm. People would freak out. I love that idea. They'd be scared. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing what Goyer does with Krypton, which he's developing for the Sci-Fi Channel. 
So, mm. um, and, and that's a couple of generations before Kell. Okay. So it's about Kell's grandfather. But um, it's an interesting idea. And, you know, Batman, uh, I, th I think Affleck was a pretty damn good Batman. He was creepy. He was he was very scary, very intimidating, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Snyder wanted to do with him. Yeah. He also couldn't ditch a waiter. <laughs> couldn't ditch a waiter. He's trying to hide the sneaky. Oh, I'm going to download Lex Luthor's things, and a waiter is following yeah. him. That was it, waiter, it's not the waiter. It's Mercy Grace. That was Lex Luthor's assistant. No, no. There was a guy in a white suit who's like, "What the hell's that guy doing?" Oh, well. Before walking into the kitchen. Well, he works there. He works there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, before we go too far, I actually want to... There's a point that you made that I feel like was kind of low that I want to pull to the surface, is that there's 20 years of Batman story that we didn't see there. Mm -hmm. And we saw it in that alternate vision of the future, no, the didn't. story... <laughs> the story in which we see Superman has now gotten to this point where he has lost all sense of good that he has and he's become this totalitarian monster. Well, you don't know if it's a vision of the future or if it's just... a. A nightmare or it, whatever it was definitely yeah. had the omega symbol it was what the it's what uh, bruce wayne is afraid might happen if bruce superman wayne. goes totally out of control exactly does so the, he yeah. know about the new gods where did the omega sanction suddenly interesting drop? question is yeah that's it? it's a plot hole for sure but can i can i is it my turn yes. it's your turn all yes. right here we go i'm gonna stick to the to the question that <laughs> how these heroes were portrayed because i do agree with josh because if it's if it's a, a paranoid Dementia. Then how would he know about that symbol and and dark side mm -hmm. and parademons? But if it's a whatever, he doesn't have premonitions of the future. So whatever. But here we go. Superman. I'm gonna start with Superman, right? Do it. I think that Henry Cavill as Superman is visually great. I say with an unblemished record of heterosexuality, he's a good-looking guy, right? Um, but he has all the acting of the Lucky Podcast mug. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. He has so little dialogue between Man of Steel and this movie. They give him. They give him this many words. Martha! That's it. And there's so little dialogue. It's a, I don't know if they don't trust in the actor or that his accent would, would deteriorate after two or three lines consecutively. I don't know what. But they give him so little. Maybe they're scared he's going to fuck up. But I, I don't know. Visually, he's great. Christopher Reeve, to me, will always be the, the portrayal of Superman in movies. That's just the way it is for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm moving on. Um, but Henry Cavill's great. He just doesn't do any acting. He's just He's a wooden block. He's a really good-looking Superman, but yeah, he might I'll, as well be a mute. I'll, I'll agree with that, but <laughs> right? uh, he, he has to work at the American accent. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, and so he's concentrating so hard that he comes off as being stiff. You know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I've seen the movie a couple of times, and because Bing told me about that ahead of time, I focused on it, and you can see it. You can see it in certain lines when he's talking to Perry, like, about like the dignity of newspapers and all that stuff, you could see him trying so hard to stay in the voice. And then he came out that. in Man from Uncle too. He was just so precise in the way he was talking that yeah. he was distracting. What's his native accent? He's a he's he's British, like all They're all now. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm, I like Ben Affleck as Batman so much. Segue to my next topic because we got a an inner city kind of northeast guy's Batman, Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, I thought just in this movie he was better than Christian Bale, like. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. Whoa. Christian Bale was a decent enough Batman, but you know Ben Affleck doesn't have a silly little lisp, which Christian Bale does have. Like, and he's English too. They're the water supply. Slapping that Kitty Holmes. You know, like Christian Bale. I love you. Christian Bale talked with a lisp, and his silly attempt at growling like Batman was was comical at times. His, you his know? bat voice got worse with each movie, yeah. and it became a self-parody. Yeah, whereas Ben Affleck's voice was awesome. 
I was so movie. happy they had the voice modulator. I went, thank God. Yeah. Um, I thought Ben Affleck's acting was great. I thought his persona was great. I, the way he confronts Wonder <laughs> Woman about, like, you stole something from me. Like, if you look, there's actually micro-acting, which is the topic in O'Kyle. Oh, micro-acting? What? Like ben Affleck, Wait, excuse me, miss, grabs Wonder Woman by the arm. You see Wonder Woman yes. roll her eyes like, I yes. can't believe he just did that. And Batman has the cockiness of who he is. And mm. you see little moments like that. I thought they were beautiful. Um, the way he confronted Clark Kent with his, like, like maybe it's just the Gotham City in me. But that's like, that's Ben Affleck's sort of uh, going back to Goodwill Hunting, like, inner city. Like, I'm a Northeast guy, and I'm not, I'm not going to back down. Like, he was, like, talking shit to this guy right to his face. Like, I don't know. I thought he did a great job. I really think that they should, DC should hitch its wagon to Ben Affleck and... and well, they certainly yeah, are. They are. The way yeah, the way that yeah. Marvel hitched their wagon to Robert Downey Jr., the consensus is that Ben Affleck was the the bright spot in this movie. Like, even if you hated this movie, and so ride him if you will. Um, and then I'll just I'll ride him if you will. And then I'll wrap up. I thought Wonder Woman did a nice job. I, I really liked the way she was fearless, and I liked the way she yelled in battle, like yeah, zipped like yeah. I even liked Lex Luthor. I like Lex Luthor too. Whoa, That's whoa. gonna. Say, I know, I know. You you can look at me like that all you I'm want. I'm taking over. All right, go, Kyle. So, <laughs> here was my main problem with the Batman thing, and I know that Nolan had some executive producing aspect of this as well. I can't believe but that. But I can't not see that it was just the Dark Knight trilogy from the production design of things. It was. I was like, is this t- twenty years post? The end of that trilogy, I was so confused. No, no, it's no, not. No, no, no. But it felt exactly like it. It felt like when I was watching it, especially with the familiar writing from that trilogy as well, that I was watching the same thing. And that was really disappointing to me because I wanted something new with some of the visuals that I'd seen and some of what was going on. And then you can see that in their character arcs and how they wanted to do that. But that part of it felt too similar, so I couldn't disassociate from that. But the inconsistent character traits in the different comic characters, and we know that comics kind of expand what reality is. But just like you said, Bing, this was supposed to be the, a realistic portrayal of what was going on. And to me, the the part that made me write this down on my notes was when they just looked at each other and said, "She with you? No, I thought she was with Dumb. you." And I was like, "No." Nobody would say that well, right there. That That's not realism. You forgot the background music. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get to the background music. Got me hyped. Just a moment. <laughs> we just but, need uh, a constant... Yes. Throughout yep. the whole thing. This was very similar to every other film that Snyder has made in terms of the visuals and the tone, which is fine. That's what he does. But the inconsistencies, he wants to force little moments in it that don't belong with what he's trying to do overall, um, which I didn't like. Because you can see in other adaptations of this very consistent character development because they have the time to focus on what they're building up with. It almost feels like when we saw with Marvel all the different pieces started and built their characters and moved towards like in Avengers where everybody came together. This is kind of like the opposite. They gave us Man of Steel but that wasn't really enough for me. So they put everybody in one place and now they're going to like work backwards from it. Which Mm. I don't know how that's going to work. But I was going to say... Lex Luthor. I was really happy that they kind of updated him, made him relevant for the times that we're in, but used that to show um, timeless problems with humanity. That was like all he talked about was how, like, all the timeless problems, you know, what the biggest lie in America is, and 
all of those things that resonate throughout history. But they made him like the millennial, whatever, like billionaire dude or whatnot. Banksy t-shirt wearing. And he was Lex Zuckerberg. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it is, it's very different. And like you said, we're in kind of that new universe now. So maybe make him a new character. I don't know. But I liked the relevancy and the focus on those major. Hey, Kyle, can I interrupt for a second? Let's go around the table real quick. 10 seconds to each person. Thoughts on Lex Luthor. Aaron, what'd you think about Lex Luthor? What didn't I think about Lex Luthor? Oh, God. He, would, he belonged in a different movie. He was some Five. sort of combination of 18 <laughs> different characters that fused into the Facebook guy. Okay. Hit it, Josh. Ten seconds. Uh, for Lex Luthor, he should have a plan that saves humanity, not releasing Doomsday. And like, oh, well, shit, that didn't work. That doesn't that. make sense. Uh, when he was talking, I just heard a hundred people I don't like. Okay, great. Bing. Ever since I saw uh, an ad for The Blacklist, I thought James Spader would be the Ooh. great Lex Luthor. Oh my Luthor. god, he totally would. Older, more threatening, mm-hmm. uh, much more presence than yeah. um, Jesse Eisenberg. This was non-traditional. I, I can't disagree with anything that was just said. Here's my opinion on the Lex Luthor character. Uh, it's not traditional. It's an updated, mm-hmm. right, millennial-style villain. But I didn't mind it. I agree with a lot of the critiques you see on the internet that he would have made a great Riddler. Yeah, interesting. Because he played, he, he tried to... Yeah, he did a lot of that. He did a lot of that. All so, right. maybe Thank they'll meld them. Who knows what they'll do? Whoa! Okay, so we Whoa! have a moment for a little freestyle here. Just a minute or so of anything anybody wants to address about anything we've talked about on our next episode. Spoiler alert. This is a two-parter. We're going to get to the major <laughs> successes and failures of this as a film. And we're going to talk about the future of DC and how it relates to the Marvel influence as well. So is there anything else anybody yes. wants to address? So since we just brought it up, can we try and establish what Lex Luthor's motivation was? <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> like, I want to have a brain I don't know. group that tries <laughs> to figure out what his plan was. Maybe to unite the bad, like the entire world against Doomsday, because Doomsday is a lot less personable than Superman. And ultimately, if one of them kills the other, there's not a whole lot of power escalation. So he's the worst version of he's a Osmandius that's bad. ever been. <laughs> right, shitty, shitty of Osmandius. Okay. The one thing I thought of, because I discussed this with, uh, with Josh at time. This is one of my failures, and I have it written right here in my notes. Lex's Endgame. And Josh has already touched upon it. Aaron's bringing it up now. What was the Endgame here, buddy? Like, so we'll address more of that. What was the Endgame? Yeah. He, he, he didn't think that through. Uh, yeah. one, one insight that Jesse Eisenberg had mm-hmm. about Lex Luthor is that he's jealous. Very jealous of Clark Kent. Oh, you can see that very much. And very jealous of Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to get rid of the competition. That was a great character arc whenever he was trying to talk and just got so lost in how he was getting beat down by everything else in the world and how frustrating that made him. And it goes back to his abusive father, which he hinted at in the movie. Mm, See, initially when I saw this, I thought that his father was... The actual Lex Luthor, and this was just like that, that's what I thought. That's him as Ooh, Lex Luthor Jr. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's how they explain yeah. it. That's where we get the that's real. That's what Lex I was Luthor. hoping for too. Yeah, that's where we lose the actual real Lex Luthor. Um, this guy, I don't know if it was brilliant directing on Zack Snyder's part, but I'm not inclined <laughs> to think so. But Side there was, <laughs> he misquoted the Prometheus story. It's a minor thing, but I feel like Lex Luthor would have the Prometheus story, Prometheus story down pat. Or I didn't see any giant circles. Chips yeah, or that's part of like what's going on. Or he would spin it in a way that makes him look good. Right. I also thought that perhaps, and I told this to Josh a couple of days ago, perhaps Lex Luthor thought, okay, 
regardless of who wins the Batman Superman battle, right? One of them will emerge victorious, but then I have this tank in the garage waiting for the victor by the name of Doomsday. And then maybe Lex thought by this time I'll have recovered the kryptonite and I can kill Doomsday. Like, kill everybody and then kill my own creature. But he didn't have the kryptonite, so that's a stretch. That's Good an idea. Yeah, stretch. We're going to go on with that on our next episode, but are there any other topics that we've addressed on anybody wants to extrapolate on? The uh, yes. addition of the, the future vision, if you want to call it yes. that, with the, the, uh, with the, the apocalypse mm-hmm. scene, uh, didn't belong. Yeah, really I totally slowed, even... It derailed the whole film. Mm-hmm. At every moment, the poor delineation between dreams and reality, and maybe future vision, and oh, also the Flash just happened to be wearing a TARDIS and bust through a wall. Like, <laughs> something and see, here needs none something. of that made any sense to the average film goer, which as we've mentioned before, you know, sometimes we come into this and there's context for these movies, but completely unexplained, out of place, never chatted about. background, that's yeah. Zack Snyder's sloppy storytelling. Yeah. And editing, you could tell that this was edited down incredibly, but that's, there's going to be a huge, massive cut. I'm interested to see, like, I, no one could point a gun at me and tell me to watch the Lord of the Rings movie, I would just tell them to pull the trigger if I was having to watch the full extended version. Oh, it's wonderful. You <laughs> should watch it. Oh, it's wonderful. It says, I did not like this movie, but I would be really interested to see what the full version of this is going to be. Because like I said at the beginning, I think there's a good movie in here somewhere. Yeah. But I feel like all of the limbs of the movie were cut to pieces, and so it's just been tumbling down a hill. And we are going to chat about that on our next episode. That brings us out of time wow, today. That's a, that's a yeah, whole episode that was a whole episode. Holy Went cow. really fast. So thank you guys for being here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about this again. So all those successes and failures, what could have brought the good out of this movie? You can expect to hear next time on Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Send us some emails, loudontheset at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, hear your opinions about it. Everybody who couldn't be in this room with us. It's a small room, so that's a lot of you. Uh, but we're go out and see it if you haven't seen it yet. Or don't, I don't know, listen to the podcast first and decide if you want to or not. And see when it's like free or you can get an Ecuadorian bootleg or whatever you whatever you need. Uh, but anyway, Loud on Set with Kyle and James. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for being here. We'll come back and get to the next episode in just a moment. See you later. And cut.